You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 282, Nancy K. Grace and Trusting the Peace. You can trust what God has said. Hey, friends, before we get the show started today, I want to tell you about one of my new favorite podcasts, and I want you to just go and check it out. The show is called The 10-Minute Bible Hour. It's hosted by Matt Whitman. And I'll tell you what, the reason I love this show, if you feel like you need to cram an hour's worth of Bible study into 10 minutes because your life is just so busy, this is the podcast for you. 10-Minute Bible Hour is a lot of fun. Matt is an engaging teacher, and he just goes through Scripture. So the ones that I listened to recently, uh, he was going through the book of Matthew, went over it, and it was funny, and it was fun to listen to, and it was just like this little dose of Bible right in the middle of my day. It's, it tries to be around 10 minutes, but it's not always. Friends, you can go to the TMBH for the 10 minute Bible hour.com, the TMBH.com to get the show. And there you can find links to their YouTube channel or to find it in your favorite podcast app. Hey, let's get this show started. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. As always, I'm your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. I know that you're going to be encouraged. You'll be spurred on, as the scriptures say, to love and good deeds because of this conversation. And if that's true, would you do me a favor? Just share it with a friend. Let somebody know that, hey, Halfway There's a show that you love to listen to. Go leave us a review online. I love those. I uh, love to read them. They're always helpful. Or uh, if you're really inclined, go out to the halfwaytherepodcast.com and there is a uh, Patreon link if you want to help support the show financially. That is always helpful as well. We'd love to, to see your support in that way. Guys, our guest today, uh, she is, uh, I love this, what, uh, what, what uh, her biography says here. She offers hope, the hope of grace to those she meets. That's wonderful. She's a cancer survivor, an author, a pastor's wife. Uh, Our guest is Nancy K. Grace. Nancy, welcome to Halfway There. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I'm excited because uh, we've connected through Facebook, right? So, which is mm-hmm. which is great. And I know that uh, that you're doing some great work out there. So I can't wait to hear more about that. This is kind of a it's a broad. You know, you teach the Bible, you speak, you you yeah. write, you do all the things. That's that's a lot. But there's there's more to you and kind of where God has you right now. So give us kind of those a little bit more about who you are and where, what God's doing with you right at the moment. Okay. Um, my husband and I have served in uh, church ministry. We had served for 45 years and he retired, wow. retired from a pastor from a church pulpit and accepted a position basically to be a pastor to other pastors. And so that re- re- required us to go ahead and move from where we were settled for 14 years and and we built our house there. We were near grandchildren and we had to move to a different state, several states away. We moved from Arkansas to Illinois. And I really had to wrestle with that because we really felt like God was calling us to this position 
we have a heart to encourage pastors and their spouses. And uh, throughout our lives, we, we've done that. And now this was an opportunity that the Lord presented. And honestly, I didn't want to move. I just thought, I, we can do this from where we were. We could do it remote. And mm -hmm. it was pretty, uh, we had to be convinced, okay, if we're going to do this, we had to move. So I had to release that. And that was really a tough thing to release that place of, you know, where, you know, we built, we built a house, we chose the floor plan and everything. Oh, yeah. in it. We had our, our Christmas memories with our new grandchildren there. And it was really hard to leave that behind. But I will say that when moving day came, I was ready to give it back to God and let him have it uh, for whatever. And so we, we started on a journey and this has been just over two years ago that we moved uh, to a, a place where, you know, we were familiar with it, but we, um, my husband had to kind of carve out his role in this ministry, even though the ministry has been around a long time, but for him, they, you know, he wanted to put his fingerprints on it. So, um, you know, yeah, at being in our mid sixties, we had a big upheaval wow. of, of going and nothing like throwing your whole finances up in the air, your healthcare up in the air and having to, you know, relocate. And, and it was really trusting God. I mean, we really had to lean into God and, and we, you know, it, it was, we knew that this is what God wanted us to do. And in fact, everything in our lives pointed toward this to be able to be able to be this kind in this kind of an encouraging role. So, yeah. Well, that takes a lot of faith to just uproot, especially when you were in a place where you wanted to be right. Like that takes yeah. a, takes a lot. Okay. So you're serving and, and ministering to pastors and I'm sure we'll get into kind of your role and kind of your mm -hmm. stepping into, you know, speaking and writing and, and all of that as well as we, as we go. Are you originally from Illinois? Yes, I am. I grew up in Chicago oh, yeah. and uh, went to college uh, at Eastern Illinois university. And that's where I met my husband. And uh, we knew that at the beginning of our relationship, we knew that we were called to ministry and that we would be serving together. And I was okay with that. And I was excited, you know, we're going to save the world for Jesus, Yeah, you know, and it's going to go great. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we've run into those roadblocks along the way and, and the uh, optimism has had to fade, but yet we still trust the promises of God because he gives us the hope. So yeah. we have served, um, we started ser our ministry serving in rural Illinois. And then we, we were in Illinois for 15 years, and the Lord relocated us to the state of Kansas, and we were there for 15 years in the middle of the wheat fields. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And then we were relocated, the Lord relocated us to Arkansas, to Northwest Arkansas, and uh, we were there for 14 years until we just recently, two years ago, moved back to Illinois. So we've kind of come full circle and uh, we we were familiar with the place in Illinois that we're living, but we, you know, that was it. We, you know, we're familiar with central Illinois. Right. We're familiar with the corn and bean fields. You'd driven That's, through. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, all, yeah, all of them. Well, yeah. I lived in Chicago for seven years. I went to Trinity. So 
Oh, okay. Up in, in so I I know that area a little bit, and I, I remember that kind of feeling like when we would go down to St. Louis or something. You know, you drive yeah. through all that. There's nothing quite like a cornfield in July to drive That's by. You know, true. like it's just That's true. it's good for my soul. Uh, it is, it is, especially uh, you know today it's snowing outside. But anyway, right, yeah, right. You know, but it, it it really shows you the seasons of life, the seasons mm-hmm. of faith, and. You know, there's the dormancy, but then there's the new, you know, the planting, the growth, the, you know, just all those wonderful analogies oh, yeah. that Jesus taught. Yeah, know? which, you know, in an agrarian society, that made sense, right? So that's yes. just as lot. So growing up in Chicago, was it a Christian family? We were a church-going family. Okay. And uh, they believed, my parents believed, and my brother and I both went to a, a church, and I was very involved in a youth program and music program at the church had a very well-developed music ministry, and that's where I learned how to read music, and I was in the handbell choir and the youth choir, and really, it it all became very, a very important part of my life, and at the youth meetings, I was able to see the, the associate pastor was the youth pastor, and he had a joy about him that was different, and I, it, I was drawn to that. And it was like, why are you happy all the time? You know, I'm sure you're not. Now that I've been in ministry, I know you're not. <laughs> wow. But how, you know, it just, you know, when you see a joyful person, you're just drawn to them. And uh, we had a visiting choir that came to our church and they sang a song that had a, a chanted portion of it. And it was 2 Corinthians 5.17 which is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, she has a new creation, the old has passed away, and the new has come. And that resonated with me. I was a teenage girl struggling with low self-esteem. I was comparing myself to everybody. I was dealing with perfectionism. And those words that I could become a new creation just resonated in me, and I wanted that. I wanted that so much. And so that was the verse that drew me to look into the Bible to see how do I become that new creation? And it was through Jesus Christ and through growing in that relationship with Jesus Christ. So those were very formative events that that laid the foundation for my faith um, to go forward. And then throughout college, you know, my my faith grew and, you know, and so on. Yeah. Well, so I want to hear some of those stories because I really love those kinds of things where, because I don't think we talk about enough that the, the little moments, the interactions, maybe they're mm-hmm. big moments, the moments we hear from the Lord or he kind of directs our path. Those are are really, like you call them, formative. I think that's great. I love that you, that there was a, a pastor who you saw, you just saw joy in, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, I need, I need that. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, um, I'm a person who does the word of the year. That's yeah. You know, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. And uh, this year uh, my word is joy. And so even though I've studied it and I know about it, I want to go deeper and really see that, you know, I think it was C.S. Lewis said, joy is serious business for the Lord. You know, something like that, that it is, you know, we have to show the joy of the Lord and that's our strength. And it's not just, happy-go-lucky, carefree, but in spite of everything, in spite of, I've had, I'm a cancer survivor, the, the Lord is my joy, in spite of the trials that we face, 
we can turn to the Lord and know that, you know, he faced the cross for the joy set before him. You know, so there's that joy tucked in there, even in the hard times. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, is really powerful. And I think it's also kind of something that's learned right over time Mm -hmm. as we go through those hard times. Uh, So, Okay, so take us through some of the, was, were there any like formative events or like in that kind of, you described it just in college and as your faith was kind of growing, I call that learning the way of Jesus, right? We're in scripture, yes. we're praying, we're, we're showing up at church all the time whenever it's open or whatever it is. What, what was something that shaped you, maybe a passage, a book, a mentor that, that shaped you in that season? Mm-hmm. Oh, I would say um, in college, we had a, a campus minister it was a, a secular college, Eastern Illinois University, and uh, I went to a Bible study and uh, I mean a fellowship group. And okay, I said it was a you know a state university. And when I went, I it was my sophomore year in college, and I was convinced I was the only Christian on campus. Okay, <laughs> because I was like, I'm different. I don't know if I fit in. You know, all of those things. But yet I was determined to go and find Christian fellowship. And so I read an ad in the, the student newspaper that said wanted students for fellowship, 7 p.m. Wednesday, you know, the appointed time of everything, right? <laughs> and, then, and so I went by myself, not knowing anybody. And so I stepped into that. I stood by the door for a long time and I thought, should I go in? Should I not go in? I'm kind of an introvert. And so I just like, I'm just going to wait. Well, I went in and they were already singing and I thought, well, that's good. I'll just sneak in the back. You know, I had that thought. I was just going to sneak in the back. And so I did. Well, the singing went on for a little bit and then it stopped and it stopped kind of abruptly. And I thought, well, this is okay. You know, I'm kind of looking around like, are people noticing me? Well, there was this guy up front that was leading the music on his guitar. And there were two guys leading music on guitar. This is the 70s, you know, and so it was really cool to have the guitar, you know, <laughs> different than now, <laughs> right? Because, okay. because it was just pianos and organs before that, right? Yeah. Yeah, right, that was normal. Right. Yeah. And this was this was in a campus ministry house. And it was like, you know, this is cool. You know, anyway, <laughs> so so I looked up and I saw one guy kind of punch the other guy on the shoulder. And I thought, well, this is different. OK. And I later found out what happened was the guy who punched the one guy said, we quit singing. When are you going to stop playing? Wow. <laughs> that other guy uh, was the president of the fellowship who later introduced himself to me. So he noticed me when I came in and I threw him off his game. So, <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm not telling the story that he hasn't told. I'm just saying that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's part this of is one story. you've heard for, for, for a long time, right? Because uh, yes. I have a feeling this person became very important in your life. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we did later go on to become married. And so anyway, go. we, but to, to kind of conclude that little story of like, so I, I, I read this little one ad in this college paper and I go, and then there's this guy there that was singing longer than he should have been <laughs> or playing guitar. And he, and he wants to meet me afterwards. And uh, so he comes up and he, 
uh, he and the guy up front, I can't believe I'm saying it, they flipped a coin to see who would come and talk to me. Wow. <laughs> okay, this is real spiritual, right? right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, so um, the guy who came to add, you know, he, he won, I say he won the girl and the other guy got the nickel, you know, but hey, (laughs) (laughs) it's fun. And we became good friends, you know, anyway, through the years, but it's like just seeing, you know, that's kind of, you know, I wasn't looking for anything. It's not like a sign from heaven, but we didn't know all that was going on, but God was putting us together behind the scenes in Mm -hmm. kind of a comical way. And, and we've had to have that kind of sense of humor all the way through our lives, um, just because life is too serious. Ministry is too serious. The pandemic has knocked the wind out of everybody. And we have to come back to that joy, yeah. you know, and, and, and just not take ourselves so seriously. So we, uh, anyway, we you know, became married and we served in ministry in a small rural church. So it was quite a change for me being a city girl going to a rural church. And that was, um, you know, when we moved, I was like, I'm glad I can get away from here. Well, then Lord relocated us to another small church. (laughs) But it's like, that's where we've served. And that's what we know. And we know that the people are very sincere and very, you know, in the heartland, in the you know, in the other states that we've lived that, you know, the, there's beauty in the small beauty in the, in the smallness, there's that, there's more closer fellowship and and it's not to discount larger churches, not at all, but, but, you know, there's something that each church has their own struggles and uh, yeah. Anyway. So, well, there's something really interesting about the smaller church, right? Like, or the smaller Mm -hmm. rural kind of places. I, Simpler doesn't convey the right meaning. That's not what I mean, right? But it yeah. seems like a, like a more, um, it's just it's a it's faith. It's not comp- as complicated, perhaps. It's like it's also as much wrapped up in community as yeah. as as much as anything else, um, which can be can be really life giving and be really really kind of valuable. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, there's you know. Community is such an important part of the Christian life. And I think in the pandemic, we've had to stretch ourselves to learn community through Zoom, right. having virtual community. And But yet in the, the smaller churches, as we have been in touch with smaller churches in the last two years through the pandemic, um, they're coming through okay. They've struggled too. I like every church has struggled. But um, because they don't have quite all the um, the, the pro, heavy programming. I mean, yeah, they had to pivot, but people are maybe more interested, may, able to come back. Um, they're smaller, and so they're not, there's not the fear of a large crowd. Right. You know, anyway. So it, it's just been really interesting that um, we've seen that in the, in the pandemic, when the churches were closed, that a lot of times my husband has said that the uh, percentage of church attendance coming back is coming back, and it's only about at 60% nationwide. And yet it's a little bit higher in the rural, in the mm. smaller churches, not just rural, but in, in the smaller churches. Um, 
you know, there, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think that's really interesting. And we have seen that as we've talked with a lot of pastors um, in the country. So. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, well, that's good. So you guys are serving as as pastors, and I'm sure there's probably some ups and downs with that. Were there were there moments that challenged your faith and made you think, God, what are you doing? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, there. You know, I could talk about the times where um, my husband was fired as a youth minister, um, and it's like, how could Christian people treat each other that way? Yeah. Why, how could that be? But during that year, the Lord sharpened us and, you know, uh, let us walk in humility. And we had to put, you know, I had to put the pieces of my life back into God's hands and let him put me back together. And at different times over our ministry, I've had to do that same thing because we live in a broken world. Things are going to happen, but we know that we can turn to the Lord and he can put us back together and be that new creation once again. So it's, it's stretching our faith. Those, those times stretch our faith, but it's not, we have to not look at the people. We have to love the people, but look at the Lord and trust his promises, trust his presence for being with us in the hard times. And continually praying for his wisdom to speak or to shut up. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, you know, it, it's realizing that the journey isn't just all mountaintops, but there are valleys, and there's lessons in the valleys too. Wow, amen. That's really, really well said. And I think the voice of experience. That's so, which, which is why I love, I love uh, speaking to you. So. Have you, did you ever have, did you, did that ever cause you to question your faith or did you ever go through a period when you felt like God was far away? You might call it a spiritual desert. People call it different things, but yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Tell me I, the story of one of those. Okay. One of those, which ones? You pick. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll, I will say, um, talk about this, <laughs> this, since I mentioned the incident where, it was a power struggle in a church then. And my husband, who was not quite 30 at the time, was released from his job. We had two young children. I was, I, I went into depression. Our mm. four-year-old at the time asked, how come mommy's crying all the time? I, I just, we really believe God had called us to that position. And then it just went sour. But yet, we, we learned trust in that in a deeper way at that point in our lives that kind of helped lay the foundation for the future of trust in God. So one day, I, you know, back at that, in that period of time, um, I was a young mom, not quite 30, and I was just expressing myself to God. You know, the Psalms tell us we can be honest. I, I was feeling, being very honest with God. God, you called us here. We followed you. And here we are. And then this happened. And how are we going to do it? And, and God is there. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. And um, I said, I, Lord, I, I, I want to, how are we going to find another place to minister? And we, we had said that this was in August of that year. And if, if we hadn't found a place to minister, by the end of the year, we were done with ministry, out of it, done, completely out of it, because it wasn't working out for us. 
Well, within a short period of time, oh, and I, I prayed and I got very specific. I learned about how to pray specifically about your needs. Okay. And so I prayed, Lord, I want to be out in the country. Okay. I want to be away from, <laughs> I want to be out in the country. I want a ranch style house. I want seven miles out in the country. I don't know what I was saying. I was just tired. We had had problems with the house we were living in. I just wanted to just get out of the house, get out of town, Jack, whatever, you know, just fly. And anyway, and, but God lovingly took my little hissy fit and, you know, said, okay, all right. Well, then a couple of days later, Rick, my husband came home um, and he's, cause he had been talking with, you know, trying to find another place for ministry. And, and he said, well, I got this information packet today. And he said, I, I just, I, I'm pretty interested in it. And I, and I said, well, okay, tell me about it. And he said, well, I don't know if we really want to go there because it's a little town. It's seven <laughs> miles out in the country. And I'm like, oh, really? Well, tell me more. Tell me more. And so he showed me the picture of the home. It was a brand new ranch style home that they had never had a, a minister's family live in. They had just recently built it. And I, I just laughed and I, and he said, why are you laughing? He said, well, I had to come clean and confess <laughs> my prayer of God. You know, I was desperate. And, and I look back on that and I'm, I just laughed that, that God answered it above and beyond what we thought, but it was critical at that point because we did go on in ministry. Yeah. We did go on. We were that close to being done with it. And yet God turned it around. We went to that little church. Um, they loved on us. We were able to love them. They had gone through some a rough church split. So it was a good ministry for both of us, uh, for them and us. And it was a good healing place, a good yeah. place to, to get back into you know the, the faith of you know looking at who God is that he is faithful in the midst of trouble yeah it sounds like you learned that you could tell him what you would like and he sometimes he he answers it right yeah yeah I but I'm also very careful to say that I don't want it he's not like you know God I need this I need you know and right. it's like you know he does give us the desires of our heart but we have to seek him. So yes. yeah, there's, that's the I, other side of the equation. <laughs> I often say God is not a cosmic ATM, right? He's yes. not, he's, you can't just put in your faith card and expect to get things, but yeah. also you should ask. And you came from that place of honesty and just like, Hey, this is where we're at. God, can you, you know, um, I've had experiences like that where I would pray things, including this house where we live mm -hmm. and forget about it. And then years later, it happens and I go, Oh yeah, I actually asked for exactly that. Yeah. Didn't I, you know, God reminds me yeah, subtly. So, um, I get that. So, but, but I think there's, a, there's some value in just entrusting. I think, I think one of the dangers is we often would like to think, well, I'm not important enough to God to, for him to actually answer those prayers. And so when he does, it, it's a good reminder that he's actually listening. Yeah, it really is. And it's like, he sees me. You know, that right. God is a God who sees, and we need to remember that that's one of his characteristics, that 
we are not just spun out into the world on our own, but we have a loving, caring, heavenly father, even if our earthly fathers were not loving and caring. Um, so we, we have that you know, yeah. just the basis of God's love, his faithfulness. He is unchangeable when the world is changeable. That was one thing during that period of time that I saw things were so changeable and doesn't that apply right now with everything in 2020, 21 and 22 being so changeable that in the midst of everything, God is faithful and unchangeable. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that was a season where you had to kind of listen and, and then God seemed to provide. That's great. So um, let's, I want to, how, how then did you start to get into speaking and writing and, and doing all those things? Okay. I've always uh, been interested in speaking and writing, but I just didn't know how to go about in, in that. And uh, so it started, I guess, with journaling my own prayers and thoughts. And, and so that's always a valuable discipline to just journal out your prayers and work it out that way, pray it out through the pen, you know, or, you know, to, to be able to express yourself like David does in the Psalms. So um, when I had uh, taken some speaker training to, you know, just begin to learn some of how, the how-tos and about it, and, um, but I noticed a sore on my tongue, and I was concerned about it, and I went to the dentist, and he said, oh, come back in, a, you know, six months, and we'll look at it again. Well, it did not get better. Come back in six months, and we'll look at it again. It did not get better. In fact, the pain woke me up in the middle of the night, oh, wow. and I knew something wasn't right. So when I went back that time, I, he said, well, you know, we could go to, uh, I could send you to an oral surgeon, and he could look at it. I said, please do. I'm something is not right. So I went to an oral surgeon and he thought, well, let's try a certain kind of mouth rinse or this and come back in two weeks. I'm like, this isn't going to work. I know something isn't wrong, isn't right. So that day he, he said, I'll, I will go ahead and uh, remove this. It looks like it's an ulcer on your tongue and I'll remove it. And then we'll, we'll go from there. And so right there that day, I had oral surgery in his office that I, I knew it was going to be removed, but I didn't know how much of my tongue he was going to remove oh, wow. because it had gone pretty deep into my tongue. And it was like a two inch by three inch section of my tongue that was removed. And I had stitches on my tongue and I didn't know they could do that to your tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm bad. like, what, what is that? Anyway, I couldn't talk. I couldn't eat. And this was at the beginning of when I was desiring a speaking ministry. And I thought, what, what is this anyway? And he almost didn't send it off for a biopsy because oh, wow. I didn't fit, uh, you know, the characteristics for it. I was, a middle-aged woman and I, I didn't smoke or drink or chew or anything like that. And it just was random. So a couple of days later, while I was recovering um, and praying and just, God, what, what is going on? I help me to know. And I, all I could do is rest. You know, you're, you get to a point when you have a physical problem where you just have to rest. Yep. 
and uh, I was resting and then the phone rang and I answered it and it was the doctor and I, we were in Kansas at this time and the, the doctor was an hour away. And so he said, well, I have the results of your biopsy. And he said, I've got bad news and good news. The bad news is that it's cancer. But the good news is that I got it all. It had clean margins, clean edges. And I've talked to an oncologist and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Back it up. What did yeah. you say? <laughs> cancer in my mouth? Wow. Okay. Well, we know we had medical treatments ahead, but that night, uh, I, it, I know it was a Wednesday because my husband was at church on Wednesday night. I mean, that afternoon I called him, he came home, he hugged me and we cried and we just prayed and just like, God, we know you are with us. And that night when I was home by myself, I sat at my piano um, and I played hymns and worship songs and mm. I prayed through my fingers and I prayed God is it well with my soul I want to turn my eyes to you and I trust you Lord and during that time at the piano God gave me a deep deep peace that has carried me through many biopsies but in that peace he said it'll be okay just trust me it will be okay. And I have trusted that piece now for 18 years as I continue to deal with that. And I've had to relearn how to talk. I've had to, uh, my name for a while, whenever I've had a biopsy and a, a major biopsy in my mouth, my name is Nancy Gwaith. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. even say my name. So I have to practice speaking again to be able to speak for the lord and it's like the enemy cannot have my tongue i will speak for the lord and i praise god that he has allowed me to speak and to grow in that and he has provided for me that peace every time i've had eight biopsies now over the past i said 18 years and three of those times it's been cancerous and three of those times that I had a large section of my tongue removed wow. and, and had to, you know, it was a setback, but I had to rest in God and then go forward again. So I, I just praise God. And I will say that just two days ago, I had a checkup and everything was good. And so I praise God for that because uh, two years ago, I had a major tongue surgery and it was more intense than it ever had been I thought this was behind me and then when it reappeared again I I hadn't had a biopsy for for nine years and then it came back and we had just moved to a pl different place I had to find a new doctor I had to what am I going to do when I have this sore on my tongue again but God provided in an amazing way, I was to work uh, on a, a for a program with some other women uh, musicians, and so we were practicing in someone's home. And I was get—I didn't know these gals. I had just moved there, you know. And I so I shared my story, and I said, "But I, you know, I have this sore on my tongue. It's kind of weird, but I I need to know who's a doctor I can go to." You know, just asking that question. 
one gal who was there said, well, my husband is an ENT. Okay, that's the kind of doctor I need. And so I said, well, I don't have any medical records here. I don't have a GP to refer all of those hoops to jump through. She texted him, her husband, and within a few minutes, I got a call from his office setting up an appointment for two days later. And I was able to see a specialist who I later found out is one of the best in the country right where I live. And God provided that for me. And uh, then I proceeded, I, you know, I did have the the surgery I, I had that was more intense than before. This time it was stage two cancer. Um, he removed the lymph nodes on the right side of my neck. And yeah, it was more, I had to rest more in God again. Yeah. And and I really want to encourage people that if if you are having a, you know, a physical issue or if you're, you know, struggling with, you know, recovering from COVID or recovering from a surgery to just use the time to rest in the Lord. Because mm. um, he says, you know, in Psalm 23, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He, you know, you make me lie down in green pastures. And if we don't lie down, he might make us lay down. You know, at the beginning, that first I had them out of order, but you make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. You restore my soul. And and so we need to learn that rhythm of, of when we really need to rest and cease productivity. We're in such a productivity driven world and use that time to abide in the Lord. We do. This is why I keep telling my wife, I want to go live in Italy for a while. Like as, <laughs> like as Americans, we're just so productivity focused. Yeah. There's, there's some good to that, but there's also, we need to slow down. I think scripture is pretty clear on the fact that God values rest. I mean, he rests. And so he gives that as a command. So there's, yes. there's absolutely some value to that as well. What, um, so I'm always curious when you go through circumstances like this or, or even a, a dark night of the soul, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it sounds like you were able to find your rest, but were there any pieces of your identity that you had to wrestle with or that God either like showed you that's not who you are and this is who you are instead? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a tendency to listen to the wrong voice. And I say that meaning I listen to the voice that can whisper in my ear, you're not enough. Mm. You're not worthy. Who do you think you are to speak to people? Yeah. And I, I, I just, I, I'm just being really honest about it. And it's like, I think that's a real common thing that we just kind of go on we adapt to it. But then if we believe it too much, it changes how we act and believe about ourselves. And I have to keep coming back to saying, I am a child of God. I am, I hear a worship song with that in it and I will sing it out and sing it loud because I need to remember that Mm. so that I don't go back to thinking I am unworthy. I am worthy of God's love. I am worthy. And so I I do feel Mm. that tension of my self-esteem, even though I have grown in it and become more secure over the years, but it's still a struggle 
because I'm human and God yeah. is with us every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you've learned that as you've wrestled with, with cancer, especially in, in, in mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- and, and, and I just like, how can I speak, Lord, I'm going to speak for you. And then part of my tongue gets cut off. It's like, well, you know, maybe it's not in that time or season, but maybe later. And uh, interestingly, I've known more and more people come in contact with more people who've dealt with that. Whereas 18 years ago, I didn't hear of very many people that have dealt with it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like that idea too, to remember that we are the the children of God. There's, it's one of those things that's a, one of my hobby horses a little bit about the ways that we talk about ourselves and our mm-hmm. relationship with the Lord. I mean, he sent Jesus to, because he loves us, not, not because he's, yeah. yeah. Right. So like, we have to, like, we got to keep that in, in mind. And some, some of the ways we talk, boy, do, doesn't, doesn't get there. You know, it yeah. doesn't sin is a thing. Mm-hmm. I get it, but it's, it's also yeah. not the only thing, which I think sometimes we need to remember. Definitely. We have to, um, you know, the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ is all about becoming that new creation day by day, a little bit by a little bit, you know, it's not like boom and we're, we've got it all together, but just a little bit more as the fruit of the spirit grows in us, um, we, you know, begin to be maybe a little bit more patient with those people that irritate us. Oh, like our children, but you know, <laughs> not no. that they ever do. No. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I'm, I'm really trying to do each day is in abiding in Christ, resting in him, abiding in him, seeking him, and that doesn't mean I'm always, you know, reading the Bible and praying. I, I stumble. I don't read maybe every day, but I know those verses they are in my heart or in my head. And if I'm having a hard time going to sleep at night, I can repeat them and find peace in that. And uh, so it's, it's growing in who God made us to be each day until we see him face to face at that glorious day. And we don't know when that is. So you started writing and you you read a book. When did your book come out? Has it been out a while? It has been out a while. Uh, My book is called The Grace Impact. And it's a story. It's has a lot of stories and it's a devotional book. And it, it also has scriptures and prayers in it. So it could be more than just a devotional to read and, you know, go on. You could do go deeper if you, if you choose, but the, the, idea of the book is that um, is unpacking God's grace. Um, I like that word. It's my name. In fact, (laughs) in fact, Nancy means grace in Hebrew. So so your name is Grace Grace? Yes. yes. (laughs) Okay. So I I really, uh, I did a a, just a dive into understanding grace. And I saw, saw that, you know, yes, we are saved by grace. But even back in the Old Testament, we see that God reached us, reached out to us because of grace. Because of grace, he did not tell Adam and Eve, that's it. He said, you're out of here, but he loved them enough to keep them on the, on the world. <laughs> you know, So that yeah. was grace right there, protecting them, grace protecting them from bringing sin into the world. 
And we see grace in the Old Testament that Noah found favor or grace in the Old Testament. It, it's translated favor is translated grace many times. And so Noah found favor or grace with God. We see how God has graciously saved the Israelites time and time again when they messed it up. God's grace was there. And so we, we see it all the way through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that God's grace is there, that he is revealing himself to us. And are we gonna, can we open our eyes to see how he is revealing himself to us? There's, um, you know, he the scripture in Isaiah says he lives in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is lowly and contrite. Mm. So he is high and holy, but with us as well. And then Jesus Christ is his name, Emmanuel, the with us God. And so that is grace encapsulated in the man of Jesus Christ, who was full of grace and truth. And so he showed us how to live the life of grace. We, the grace impact is when we receive the great, we, we hear, we see the grace of God and we respond to it. We can respond by accepting it and growing, or we could respond by turning away. Mm. And so the grace impact in our lives is how do we respond to that grace of God in our lives? Yeah. And then once we do, we grow in grace. Uh, we grow in the hard times and the, you know, we trust God. We learn to trust him in the hard times and we learn to uh, see that he has a sense of humor uh, in the, <laughs> in the unusual times and that he is Emmanuel. He is with us always. So that's a little bit about the grace impact that God is a God of grace. He makes himself known to us. We can accept it, and that's the impact of us that changes us, that he is at work within us. It's not our own doing, but it's God transforming us so that we could then be grace givers in the world, and, and our, our world needs grace. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think we do more than ever, and I, I love, you know, particularly as churches have to pivot a little bit, like there's... There's so much, there's so many opportunities online if we would just take them, you know, yeah. just yeah. Off, offer, even though embodiment is good. I understand. Like we need to show up together and be together if we can, but yeah. man, there's lots of stuff going on online. Well, Nancy, I really appreciate you sharing some of your story. And so the, the book is The Grace Impact Friends. You can pick that up. Uh, there's links at halfway there, podcast.com, or you just go to Amazon and get it. Nancy, your website is nancykgrace.com? Yes, it is. It's my full name written out, um, N-A-N-C-Y-K-A-Y-G-R-A-C-E.com. And I, I have a blog there. And if you go there and sign up from, I have a newsletter that I send out um, monthly. And my blog also is sent out whenever I do it two to three times a month blogging. So I just, if you want a little bit of grace in your inbox, then you could sign up for mm -hmm. my uh email list and there, there's a little ebook there about um, audacious grace and bold faith that you can download love that okay yeah a little bit of grace in your inbox friends that's yeah. right hopefully this has been a little bit of grace in your earbuds today yeah there you go and, <laughs> <laughs> i love it nancy thanks so much for being here is there anything you want to leave us with well i i just want to say that you know to 
in the, these, these work times that are difficult and our faith has been challenged in so many ways. We've had to pivot so many ways. We get dizzy, we're pivoting so much. But we, as we look to the Lord, we know that He is with us. He is Emmanuel, He is with us. And He, he whispered to me several years ago to live life unedited not to be so striving for perfection and striving for comparison and striving all the time, but to relax in His grace and to live life in His grace, which is living it unedited from the world, but edited by God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. What a great message. Thanks, Nancy, for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. 